Welcome to Cold Cans. It's episode number 96. And as we're four away from the end of this thing, we thought we'd finally bring on someone who knows something about alcohol. That's right, folks. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Zach Jabal. He is a sommelier at Seattle's iconic Dahlia Lounge, which is the flagship restaurant for Tom Douglas. He is also the wine educator for the Tom Douglas Group. He's a freelance wine and spirits writer, and he's the host and producer of the podcast Vine Pair. Zach, thank you for being here today. Look, you promised me you'd give us free studio time if I did this. So <laughs> we'll edit this out. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> so I'm here. <sighs> Sharing a beer with you guys. So this is officially SpawnCon then. If uh We can't a, be bought. It's, a quid it's the pro opposite quo. of SpawnCon. <laughs> That's uh, right. You're, you're, we're losing. You're yeah. spawning my con. <laughs> which now you that really I say bungled that, this one. Which now that I say that sounds even dirtier than it yeah, sounded wow. in my mind. Okay. I don't want to spawn uh, anymore. Need the double con. explicit tag on this <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah, I didn't even realize I had that. Um <laughs> Well, look, um I felt obligated as someone who um is both a a drinker, a podcaster, hmm. and God help me, a listener to cold cans. <laughs> oh. I, I would say uh, I haven't applied for my citizenship in cold cans nation yet. I've heard that the test is um, not pleasant, but um, we built the wall. Yeah, uh, but uh, but the what can I say? My, <laughs> you guys have uh, you've extended my visa a couple times, so I'm here, <laughs> and uh, and I'm going to share a beer with you. And you don't know what this beer is, which is I know again breaking mystery, with cold cans yeah. precedent. But should we reveal? Is it time? Let's yes. do it. Let's get okay. it out of that bag. I'm so it's in the instead brown of, bag. Instead of a drum roll, we're just going to have the sounds of me rustling with a brown paper bag, which is really the appropriate sound for beer generally. Yeah, it sure is. It's some so ASMR the, stuff. The, yeah, we'll put it right next to the mic. Oh, God. <laughs> Cold Cans Nation had to pull over as they were trying. <laughs> yeah. So the beer I've selected for you today is a, a hugely important beer in my just development as a drinker. Nice. Wow. Delirium Tremens. Delirium Belgian. Tremens. Here you go, Nick. From the... Brewery whose name I will not well I'll try and pronounce and we'll get wrong I believe hi uh, is about as best as you can do I don't speak Flemish I'm sorry um, and yeah so uh, I will give you the extremely brief backstory on my experience with this beer when I moved to back to Seattle I grew up here unlike you Central Wisconsin <laughs> hey watch it Jamokes you're um, never getting into Cold Cans Nation <laughs> that's okay uh, <laughs> if it's located in Central Wisconsin I'm okay with that. Um, I, it was when I moved back to Seattle after college. Uh, there was a bar near where I lived called Uber. Um, before Uber was an app, it was just a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have actually used the app after going to the bar, frankly. Um, and wow. uh, <laughs> one of the things they were famous for in Seattle was they were the only bar in Seattle at the time that had this on draft. And at the time, Delirium Tremens was sort of one of these things that was fabled, but very, very hard to find. Uh, at least in Seattle, I think probably if you were in bigger cities, um, you might have been able to find it. But Seattle. 13 years ago it was a different place than mm, it is now. Sure, yeah. And um it was a uh it was an experience for sure. Um my roommate at the time and I would go there pretty often and drink a couple of these and then somehow get home and um yeah, I am excited, I guess, wow. to share it with you. Hell well, yeah. One I, more time. I feel a little dirty. One wait. more time the name of the beer. Hey, <laughs> is about as good as I know. Um but uh yeah, that's what I got. We'll 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 see what you guys think. Now pour this into a glass like a civilized person. Wow. How does it look? Well, look at the It's a very beautiful. light color palette. Oh, see, I would call this beautifully golden. Mm. Yeah. Well, I just, I think I expected something else 
I mean, I guess I. You think it was going to be pink because it's got a pink elephant in it? <laughs> yeah, and like the, with blue. <laughs> no, I, I I think all I've had in terms of Belgian beers are Belgian triples, mm-hmm. which have a different, obviously, color palette. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm treading into dangerous territory of acting like I know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm, wow. gonna, I'm getting out of that. Tub. Backpedal. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I look. I promise you guys, this is uh, not going to be a technical dissection of this beer. <laughs> well, if you have it, we certainly would love to be educated. But uh, uh, yeah, I think what? we should try it. So yeah. when was the first time you had this beer? Do you remember? I'm gonna guess. Well, let's see here. Uh, probably July of 2006. Okay. Like okay. Wow. Ooh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that That's tastes smooth. good. Yeah, this is what good beer tastes like. <laughs> it <laughs> took us 96 episodes to get here. Now <laughs> we got a lot of making up to do. Zach, yeah. you had a bit of a uh, struggle finding this beer in Seattle. I tell did. us the story. I did. Well, so you know, in true cold cans fashion, I didn't do any preparation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, those of you who have listened before may may be aware of my stance on this, and uh, I I just figured, well, it's a pretty well known beer. Where you guys record has lots of fancy grocery stores nearby. Yes, I'll yes. just pick it up, you know, right before in I, what I've been led to believe is uh, cold cans fashion. Yeah, and um, the uh, the local grocery stores, uh, lots of other Belgian beers, but uh, no Delirium Tremens. And really? so, uh, so I had to hike all the way to an actual uh, dedicated beer shop. Trekked all the way down there and back, uh, just wow. for you guys. Chuck's Hop Shop, fan of fan of the show. Really? Yeah, and oh, I yeah, love down Chuck's. to Chuck's. And uh, shout and out to Chuck's. I, and I actually, in fact, had to call in advance because I didn't want to walk down there and find out they didn't have well, it. Well, yeah. And uh, you know, they had it in both uh, bottle and can, and I figured, mm. well, it's cold cans, not cold bottles. So yeah, uh, bet here your we go. ass. Wow. Yeah. Cheers. Thank Cheers you for bringing it on. It is delicious. We're gonna mm. dissect it as we dissect your life. And work. Oh goodness! Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> I you better said drink fast. <laughs> not you. Our lawyers so, got our lawyers were on the edge of their seat when you were. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not a sterile operating room. <laughs> There's a whole cleaning crew that comes through here twice a day. Don't give yeah. it to me. A whole uh, cleaning crew of you. <laughs> yes. So delirium tremens. When you first Google it, it says delirium tremens or DTS. Oh yeah, is the most severe form of ethanol withdrawal. Wow. Manifested by altered really? mental status and sympathetic overdrive, which can progress to cardiovascular collapse. So I, this is named after yeah, a, alcohol dependency or something. Well, I, what I liked is it's a it's a what probably the original beer named after something that can kill you. Okay. I think yeah. that's you know, that's kinda come in vogue of late. But uh yeah, one of the things that appealed to me when I first uh started drinking delirium tremens is that uh, you know, delirium tremens is basically what happens when you are a very severe alcoholic, and yeah. uh, you stop drinking, and you can go into withdrawal and die. Wow, that's dark humor. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. even dark tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's even just dark. Humor. So that's it's just dark. Unlike the beer, the it's dark. Yeah, oh, wow. Especially in contrast to the pink elephant on this like that's what blue, I was thinking. Sky blue colored can. Well, I think the pink elephant is a maybe a reference to what maybe someone suffering from delirium tremens hallucinated. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh. So they, like they I get, said, I, I didn't really do any research. Sure, but I mean, good they fit right in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that citizenship in Cold Cans Nation is going to come it's right back along. online. <laughs> yes. The, the although most of Cold Cans Nation are resident, residents of Central Wisconsin, so that's true. It's going to be a rocky start. Yeah. Though you have a connection to Central Wisconsin. It's true, my wife is from Central Wisconsin. That's Hell really yeah. the only reason I listen to you guys. <laughs> 
Yes. We have such a narrow niche of people whose significant others happen to be from Central Wisconsin where they give us a chance. That's basically our listener base at this point. Yeah, we have three <laughs> listeners. Well, Central Wisconsin has literally thousands of people living in it. Yeah. It does. Dozens of people. Yeah. Per county. Well, most of them are still there, so the yeah. the people who have who have expatriated are limited, but Yeah. Have we never brought up that you expatriated? It Nick Patry? I know that I said it, <laughs> and I was Nick like, I feel like these guys. Are I was, not yeah, I wasn't going to bring anything wow. up about it, but yeah, that's fun. It's we're having fun now. It's, <laughs> if the beer wasn't, we are. So, I mean, oh. if Nick, if you ever got married and decided to take your partner's name, uh-huh. you could be expatriated. <laughs> yeah, just something to consider. That's good stuff. I mean, if I, will, I wasn't I will say, such a traditionalist. I will say to, and, to say uh, something. Unfortunately. Uh, to say something complimentary, which I don't didn't want to do, but yes, but I... there was a conversation that I had with my wife that was that didn't involve Nick's relationship status, which you don't Ooh. have to reveal on air. But <laughs> wow. but we hear lots about uh, Joey's, Joey's wife. My wife, it's true. Um, so you know, I'm also married a... to Joey's wife. <laughs> oh. That's the reveal. Well, there you go. <laughs> so you're so no, you I'm could kidding, easily Devin. just be Nick Clock. <laughs> yeah, Nick Clock. That's yeah. a strong name. That's super double, strong. Double hard K. I'd actually be afraid to be in the studio with Nick Clock. <laughs> I want to shift to Joe Glock for the same reason. We could be Joe Glock and Nick Glock. Yeah, I call you you're Joe Glock all the time. Two. No, Joe Glock's yeah. a strong name. Why? Yeah. But I'm too much of a coward. I can't fit that name. Joey Glock <laughs> is more accurate. I feel like Joey Glocky actually would be better. Joey Glocky. People, people call me that because yeah. I have an E on the end of my name. I'm aware. Yeah. I did some research on that. Not wow. on the beer, but on you guys. Well, that's good. Wow. What did you dig up? Uh, our, lawyers, our lawyers just stood up now at the end of the yeah, room. I was going to say, they, they, you thought the dissection was going to go badly. Um, no, I, I think, you know, basically all I all I found out so far is that uh, I, I believe um, you both were born in the same room. Yeah, <laughs> in central Wisconsin, one of the few rooms in central Wisconsin. It's the hospital. Uh, it's yeah, just one yeah, room. yeah. It's a hospital room. Sorry, yes. I should I should have been uh, should have been clear. Uh, and um, have been uh, inseparable since birth. Yeah, physically. And yeah, well, no, no, that <laughs> surgery was a success. Yeah. Um, and uh, and actually, that's all I've got. Wow, I, that's more than I think I knew about myself. Yeah. Certainly more than I thought the internet had on me. We're uncovering some things here, yeah. Oh, I, I, I hired grid. someone. This wasn't internet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Private Eye? I well, hired you know, that Vine Pair podcast has a bigger budget than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I'm hiring yeah. private investigators Look, for labor, you to do some spawn con. Labor is cheap in central Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> labor is cheap to produce podcasts, too, when you're, uh, <laughs> you're hiring producers like you guys. You don't. You have great producers. Nick is great. How dare you? Um, I, I love him. Uh I did some, I hired maybe the same private eye to do some research on you. And there we go. I found a couple of things. Well, actually, Nick kind of spoiled the thing at the, the intro, but you're a sommelier. I am. Okay. So, to, okay, to, once you became that, did you, was your first gig as a sommelier at the Dolly Lounge, or did you kind of, did you have to like go up through the ranks? How, do, how does that work? Because the Dolly Lounge is kind of like the pinnacle of, Seattle. I don't. I don't want to say the pinnacle of Seattle dining, but it's like when I think of iconic institutions to eat and drink in Seattle, the Dolly Lounge is right there. Tom Douglas. So, what was your story to get to get where you are? Oh my goodness. Um, my private eye did not do a good job. So <laughs> I need to hear that. What I will say is 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 on a rare moment of seriousness. Uh-huh. Um, sommelier as a title is one of these things that is like uh, in the eye of the beholder a little bit. In okay. that, like, it's a job, and so you can be hired to do the job. Because someone needs you to do the job, kind of like a podcast engineer. Sure. Um, and uh, <laughs> and so um, I my my first sommelier job 
Uh, I guess it is fair to say it was at Dahlia Lounge. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I have worked for Tom Douglas Restaurants for a very long time, uh, over 12 years, and uh, in a lot of different capacities. But uh, yeah, you know, um, I I found a lot of fascination with with wine, but also just beverage alcohol generally. And um, I just have kind of oriented my career around it, which okay. is kind of cool. You know, I didn't necessarily think that that was what I was going to do when I was a fresh-faced youth like you guys, but uh, that's how I ended up. Nice. How did you, How did you like, get into that space, other than the fact that we all like to drink? Well, how did you get into kind of the academic side of it, or I guess professional side of it is probably a better word than academic? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, I think the answer to that is part accident in that, like, for me working in restaurants has been a part of my life for a really long time, but I'm also someone who really finds a lot of, um, I just like to know stuff. And so that's not why I listen to cold cans, but it is why I do most other things. (laughs) And, uh, jab in there. Nice. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I'm being paid per cold cans insult as far as I've been told. Um, not by you guys. You negotiated a goddamn bad deal. (laughs) That vine pair budget, baby. Um, and, uh, we, uh, so, so for me, part of it was, learning more about wine, beer, spirits, et cetera, was a way to continue to engage with the part of me that enjoys learning while Mm, still mm. also having an actual practical application. Um, And part of it is, you know, um, it's a great subject to learn about because, I mean, it's the same reason you guys do a podcast about beer because, fuck, it's a lot better than doing it about something boring that you don't get to enjoy. You know, I could have gone to school and I mean I did go to school and I could have decided that you know at 23 or 4 I was like eh, I need a career direction and you know gone into whatever the hell subject matter would have paid better because right. frankly mm-hmm. this one doesn't necessarily pay great <laughs> um, but you know it is uh, it we're is making endlessly. thousands off of every cold can oh, nice. yeah, yeah, so. yeah, we get paid great so oh well I, cl- I need to talk to your lawyers <laughs> yes I mean they're so, right there so they I'm are really yeah like... they'll talk to you after the show yeah. for more reasons than that um, <laughs> well I have one so, last follow up I don't mean to cut you off. I have one last follow-up, which is, it, did you find that that deeper understanding of wine, in, in your instance, enhanced or in some ways kind of took the magic out of the thing itself? This is like way too incisive a question for this podcast. God damn, man. <laughs> well, I, give, I could give you my personal experience, which is I, I am in the technology world, and I loved technology. I was fascinated by it and enamored with it my entire life as a kid. And I wanted to take everything apart and figure out how it worked. And then when I kind of went out and studied it and now deeply understand how it works, I have like this resent toward it. <laughs> it went the other way. But technology is not art in something good like uh, what I would consider wine. But Yeah. So I think the answer to that is I was in school in, in college for uh, sports journalism. So uh, that's something that I know and Nick and I share. Common, yeah. yeah. Um, and... To me, that's what I was worried that sports would become for me. I saw a lot of people, a lot of my friends who were a year or two older than me, um, a lot of the the professional journalists and broadcasters that I met, that I interned with, all were super jaded about sports. And, and not in a necessarily in an unreasonable way, but, you know, I'll tell a brief story. And, and it was, I was, you know... It was uh, at a, I was, I was at a Mets game um, because I went to college in New York and... Um, I was there with, on sort of tailing along with the New York Daily Times. I'm sorry, New York Daily News uh, beat reporter for the Mets at the time, and uh, it was September of 2005. The Mets were in the middle of a like really tense playoff race, um, 
And it was super exciting. You know, we're at the stadium, and I'm a baseball fan. I'm not a Mets fan. Um, God help me, I'm a Mariners fan. But um, but still, you know, you get excited. It's it's fun. You know, you're in a stadium with forty five thousand people who are desperately rooting for their team. And I remember being there, and you know, the Mets had this sort of dramatic come from behind win. And I was like, this is awesome, right? Like, what could be better than doing this professionally? And I just remember the guy I was there shadowing was just like, ah, shit, I got to rewrite my game story. Right. Oh, yeah. And right. it's like this whole thing where, like, I understand it from his perspective, especially now, like, I'm a parent. Yeah. So I understand it. You know, he had a wife and kids at home. And, like, instead and of deadline, being... deadline, yeah. Yeah, deadline. And I, imagine, I understand, you know, now being like, ugh, instead of being almost done with my day's work, you know, obviously it's a late night no matter what. You have yep. to you know, go get quotes, but you already have the structure of what you're writing finished. Right. And you can file on time. Now it's like, I got to rewrite this whole thing. Yeah, it's great, but like, it's a lot more work for me and instead of getting home at maybe midnight, I'm going to get home at two. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, the kids wake up early regardless of when you got home from work. Um, and so for me, sports was that. It was a thing that I realized very, at that point, if not before, uh, certainly shortly thereafter, I I really enjoyed sports at that point. I thought that's the the form of journalism and field I wanted to go into. And I'm extremely glad I didn't because now mm-hmm. I'm not nearly a sports fan I used to be, but I can still enjoy it as a fan. I don't yeah. have to work it. And for me, it's actually been the opposite with with alcohol. The more I've learned about it, the more I enjoy it. I think because mm-hmm. all of the stuff, you know, the stuff that the beer, wine, spirits at a certain quality level rewards you for learning more about it. You know, in some ways you are better suited to understand why things taste the way they do, understand maybe what sets good and bad apart or good and great apart. And not necessarily from a, an individual taste perspective, because I don't think you need to have professional training to understand, I like this and I don't like that. That's totally yeah, valid. Sure. But from a, a more objective place, uh, learning more about it allows you to have a greater understanding of in my opinion, what makes Delirium Tremens say a great beer compared to other comparable beers that I don't think are as good. And I don't, I'm not going to tell you guys, you guys get to rate this wherever you want. I won't be offended <laughs> um, as long as it's above Sparks. Um, <laughs> but uh, I will say that it's, 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 that part has been endlessly rewarding. And, and the beverage alcohol world is this really fascinating place where the more you learn, the more there is to learn. And yeah. that's also cool. The other thing with sports is like, in the end, you come back to this place where you go like, there's so much uncertainty in it. There's so much, you know, in the end, you can know as much as you want to know, but they still play the games. And yeah. that's why as a fan, yeah. it's fun. But as a professional, it would be maddening to me because, yeah. like, at some point, you're just sort of like, well, shit, now they got to actually play the game and I have to wait and find out whether what I thought was true right. came to pass. We yeah. To see whether the dice landed where they landed. And I had the same experience <clears throat> with sports, and that was why I kind of pulled away from that aspect of it, too. It's just so monotonous, and when it becomes... When that is like the the grind of your day, like what you used to love so much, it's just it's not worth it. Yeah, that's I, like it's the difference between the appreciation and the deep understanding again of like art and industry. Like sports is in and of itself an industry, and sure. so is a technology and things like that. But something like how to brew a beer is an art. People who who yeah, I mean, like, let's not get ourselves. It's art. also an industry. <laughs> well, of course, but even art is an industry. Yeah. But but at the root of it, the thing you're trying to understand is the art part of it. It's not the business part. Well, I'm sure you're also trying to understand the business sure. part. But what your curiosity went towards is like the art. It's like when I walk up to uh, Picasso, I. I I am affected this way, and I'd love to you have say, the how history much? and the context. I must have it. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> and then I take it home, baby. Uh, that's interesting. I'm that. That's really encouraging to hear, and it yeah. also, to me, suggests what is worthwhile pursuing and 
what's next. Right. But, and hey, so you guys after... can actually don't now you don't have to feel bad about actually okay. learning something about beer in the future. <laughs> yeah, I feel changed. I don't. We can open our minds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so after all of that, like exploration, what do you find now with all the things you work on is kind of the most satisfying or your favorite thing to do from the podcasting to the writing to the wine education to being the head wine guy at Tom Douglas. Nick, that's a that's a. I'm doing some soul searching right wow. here. On... <laughs> um, I want to know. I want to get behind. The, I mean, I the will gourd. say this is like a this is like an 8.5 percent ABV beer. So you're going to get some revelation <laughs> yeah. here. I'm, some I'm truth, already like halfway through it's it. Truth serum. This, uh, just just to put a pin that that's this is the smoothest 8.5 percent ABV yes. beer. Yeah, possible. But yeah. Go, go ahead. Go no, ahead. they they do a really good job of masking it. It it definitely caught caught up with me in my youth, and yeah. will all undoubtedly catch up with me now in my <laughs> yeah. not so youth. <laughs> I was going to ask too, but so you have more time to think about that question. At Uber, were you drinking this on tap or was it in cans and bottles? No, it was only on tap. At that okay, point. nice. Um, and they were I. Again, they claimed, and I wasn't necessarily going to go track them down on their claims that they were the only bar at the time that had it in Seattle. Mm. Um. It's become more visible now, um, and it's it, again, they've always been a dirty company, always yeah. hiding things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, lots of lots of dirt on Uber. Um, anyhow, to answer your question, I think you know one of the things I love about what I get to do professionally is is I don't have to answer that question exactly. Mm. I get to do a lot of different things. I've always yeah. been someone who who whose professional life has been defined by lots of different jobs and lots of different hats, um, and and so I will say like. I love getting to do the Vine Pair podcast. I love talking. You guys mm. might have noticed. Um, our listeners. When you can get Vine a word Bear. in with Adam Teeter, that is. Well, you know, we both, like, we both like to talk. Podcast. We both like to talk. Well, and with you now, because you now open your mouth on every fucking podcast. That's so. true. I got mic privileges now, know, baby. God. Never never given them back. That was yeah. a mistake. Whoever oh, opened that Pandora's I box. Know. I think that was my fault. But um, <laughs> no, I would say that, you know, the podcast is a lot of fun because it allows... For me, you know, I like to write, but in the end, there is something about talking in, in that medium of whatever the fuck this is, podcast, audio, whatever yeah. you want to call it, is rewarding to me. Um, I would say, though, that, you know, there is also something about, and, and it's funny because in my professional life uh, working in restaurants, I have gone, I've spent more or less time being really directly customer facing, mm. and I actually sort of relatively recently in the last few months decided that after stepping away from the the restaurant floor um, after my wife and I had our child um, that I needed to get back into that because there's something about the interaction between that I, the interactions I get to have with guests that I really love and and there's something about sharing in particular wine because that's a lot of what I focus on um, in that element of my job is there's something really delightful about it there's something about it that is that is not replicable in other settings. I mean, I am someone who comes from a, a restaurant family and a, has a, I guess, just sort of an innate sense of hospitality and likes to share things with people and likes to have people over for dinner and, and open wine and or make cocktails or do whatever. And in the restaurant, it's not exactly that. Obviously, people are spending money. It's not come mm -hmm. in and just try this or have mm -hmm. this. But there is a way in which when it, when it goes really well, and it frankly, fortunately, mostly does, you get to have this experience with people where you get to say like, here, try this, have this, and you get to watch directly in front of you someone drink something that they really enjoy. And that's, there's just no, um, there's no uh, replacement for that. And and yeah. so as much as I love doing the stuff on the media side, and, and I really do, I don't know that I'll ever be able to give up the direct guest connection part uh, because it's it's just so immediately rewarding. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would, as someone who works freelance and, of, like, runs run a business with my buddy here, but, like, I have very buddy? little... You're my buddy. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we are very little deep. Slash former Siamese twin. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we had to talk before the show about how Joey and I were birthed to yeah. get in conjoined twins, like Matt Damon and... What was that movie? What? what? There's a movie where Matt Damon is joined with another person. We were Might on be the verge twins. of finding real substance for the first time on this show, and I was I'm Googling say, Matt Damon twins movie. <laughs> the like need for face-to-face interaction is sort of like in the studio here, why I like working with you and Adam on Vine Pairs, because I can see you guys, and now that I am allowed to talk on the mic, it's it's more fun to like interact rather than just sit here as like a... I have the technical knowledge and I am the like fly on the wall rather yeah. than being able to interact and like laugh at the same things you guys are laughing at. So I think that's made this much more bearable as a job, honestly, well, is that sort of thing. And that's like the, the there's something concrete to like the discoveries you can find about yourself uh, when you're interacting with somebody, both like giving somebody the thing you made as well as just having a discussion. Whereas if you limit yourself to just kind of the internal monologue, mm-hmm. you there's nothing concrete ever. Like a, a, yeah. a thought. And that if you, there is, it's usually unhealthy. Right? Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. You, you're like a sociopath. Like, yeah. If, if you <laughs> if you really firmly believe something in your mind, you could talk yourself out of it. There's room to. But there's something I completely agree with you. It's, it's super rewarding. Uh, Stuck on You, by the way, is the uh, movie yes. with Matt Damon. It's and who? A, Who's his conjoined twin? Um, I feel like Greg, someone... Greg Kinnear. Greg, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. Okay. Greg Kinnear. So he had a TV Damon career, or... if not a yeah. the movie career of Matt Damon. Yeah, one well, of them. I mean, who's pursue... had the movie career of Matt Damon? Come on. <laughs> so Greg not Kinnear many. in this no. film is pursuing an acting career, but Matt Damon is literally attached to him, and ah, they have to navigate the trials and tribulations. That's the in. bit. Okay. Yeah, and there's fun. It's fun. Uh, that used to be on TBS all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we should get to the beer. Yeah, yeah. Let's check in on the beer. Well, I just speared, spilled it on the table, so we definitely should talk about it. That'll condition You're, that'll condition the wood. You're it really, fine. Actually, also, it really beautifully matches the color. <laughs> it of is nice, word. actually. You're officially uh, now admitted into Cold Cans Nation. If you spill <laughs> beer on this table, that's 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 the final. We I was actually told you have time. to spill beer on the table and then drink it off the table. Is yeah. really what I was told. I'm not willing to do that. Well, the last agreement. Our is lawyers one will drop not let blood. us have people do that. <laughs> yeah. And you're in the nation. This is uh, between cleaning rounds, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, our monthly so, cleaning. Okay, so I think we touched a little bit on like why you or how I guess the circumstances that around you falling in love with the beer. Why this beer uh, for you? Like what resonated and hit home so well? Well, okay, so that's a good question, and I don't actually have a really well prepared answer, so I'm going to bullshit right now. Um, I think part of it was just there was something. So when I so. 2006, forever ago. Um, I was a freshman in high school. <clears throat> nice, nice. That's not so bad. Um, <laughs> you, uh, there, there were. Seattle was a you know a beer town. Um, in some ways, not more than it is now. It's obviously it's still very much a beer town. But the exciting things happening in in beverage alcohol in Seattle were almost all centered around beer. Hmm. But and I certainly like to drink local beers and and went to breweries and stuff but it wasn't as what was around back then it was like red hook elysian yeah um like uh, maritime pacific um why am i it's it's all a blur now um i mean there were probably you know a lot pike you know those the the, a lot of the the real um the sort of the stalwarts of the industry were there but but most of the breweries that are now you know kind of considered the the pinnacle of the industry in some ways in seattle were not around you know that, that all came in at, at 
you know, the late 2000s or into the 2010s, frankly. Um, and so there was there were a lot of beer bars though that was a, that yeah. was more of a thing then because there weren't a lot of what you see now which are like tap rooms where people can yeah. go yep. you can go to whatever brewery of your choice drink all their beers that wasn't a thing in Seattle the way it is i mean there were some but but there were fewer breweries and the tap rooms were you know not necessarily neighborhood places the way there are there weren't all the neighborhood breweries the way, the way there are now and so the beer bar was a big deal and uber was definitely balanced between imports and local craft and I had just, I had a, I'd always loved, I mean, I had started getting into Belgian beers when I was in college, um, but those were a lot of the things that were more widely available. Chimay, I know you guys did one on Fin de Monde, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um, and Delirium Tremens was not something I had seen before. And then we went to Uber, my roommate and I, um, because he had heard from a friend of his that um, it was a great beer bar. They had this beer, Delirium Tremens, on, on draft that we had to go try. And I think it was part just the, the, the sense of discovery and the, it was also like, I mean, it's still, the bar's still around. It's, it's, uh, it's like this weird little hole in the wall on, uh, just off Aurora, which is uh, for those of you who are not in Seattle is a, um, sort of the, the second biggest thoroughfare through Seattle Mm -hmm. besides, um, I-5. And, um, and it was like, you know, all they had was beer, they had no food, so you, they had a long list of takeout menus you could order like food delivered there again this is in like 2006 this is pre all the other you know pre everything else right um and so my roommate and i would go hang out there you know once a week or something and have a few beers sometimes we get food delivered sometimes we wouldn't um and it was just i mean it's not that all i drank was delirium tremens for sure but there was something about the sense of like exclusivity that i that appealed to me that you couldn't find it everywhere that it was something that was new to me yeah. um and it's also just i mean again you guys can think what you think but it's fucking delicious like it's it's got this great balance to me of like there's a little bit of a a slight malty sweetness to mm-hmm. it it's got that distinctively belgian yeasty quality that's that's not overbearing but is there and it's it's just it's this got it's got a great texture too. It's a little, it sits a little heavier than you expect it to because of the color, but it's not too weighty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of real hoppy beers. Mm-hmm. I think you know Joe, you and I are probably aligned in that mm-hmm. regard. And so it's got this. No, it's, Joey's the hop. Head. Oh, you're the hop guy. Okay, I'm well, I, clearly I'm well, not the dedicated listener. You all you thought I was. Sorry, keep going. You were on a roll. No, this and, is good. And, and so it's just it's it's just this. It's easy drinking, but not in a simple way. It's yeah. it's it's. It rewards you for tasting it. It's got a long finish. There's a lot going on there, but it's not. It you don't have to convince yourself that it's tasty because yeah. it's complex, yeah. which I think is is sometimes a challenge for me with other beers. Like I like a lot of sours. I like some more experimental beers, but sometimes with them I have to sort of convince myself that I like them because there's a lot going on there. But sometimes it's a little disjointed. This is a really well balanced and integrated beer that still has a lot of sort of dimensions. And this has oh, been yeah. it's sort of tried and test like tried and true right it's more than most sours are like you know oh we our brewer just threw this together this yes. year or something yeah i mean and it's after actually... that description actually i was going to ask like in central wisconsin like would someone find this do you think is it that widely distributed i think it's available nationwide you probably would okay. have to work a little bit i mean obviously i had to work to find it here right so, that's why i was worried so like... it's not necessarily everywhere but i think it's it's they make a lot of it i mean this is okay. not a like niche this isn't, you know, Bat Squatch IPA. This isn't a, a limited edition SponCon We just beer. got paid more for, yeah, the little SponCon there. Yeah. Um, check out Camp Monsters podcast available enough. now. Oh, yeah, it is. I don't know. I got I to gotta download check that. Check it out, yeah. First um, episode. Next and, uh, episode's out tomorrow. 
and uh i think it's uh it's definitely it's it's definitely available nationwide they make a fair bit of it i mean again to that tried and true thing i think it strikes this balance like i think you know there's this there's a certain i have a certain affinity for small production limited run Mm -hmm. try it once and it's gone there's a certain fun to that but i think it's also important to have beers that are really good that are also just always available and i think they do a really good job of of making this beer i mean i actually have never seen in cans before um Ah. so it's fitting that it is um i've only ever seen it in obviously on draft and then in um they use like a weird ceramic bottle it's not a glass bottle Hmm. typically um and uh and so it's I would bet that someone in, you know, maybe not in um, the small towns in central Wisconsin, but you certainly can find it in, I think, all 50 states, I would sure. bet. Okay, it's cool. It doesn't say, like, who's the importer and who's the distributor on the, the, the can. I, th- I thought it said somewhere in Maryland. Well, it says who's imported, imported by yeah. oh, B- BBL Inc. Oh, BBL Inc., yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Maryland. <laughs> Got it. Bubble. 21701. I like to call them Bubble. They propagate themselves straight <laughs> up to AB InBev. Um, but it this also be, this also says Delirium Tremens, beautiful can. We haven't talked about the can. The pink elephant we talked a little bit. Then this like baby nice robin's can. egg blue. Yeah. And it says elected as the beer sorry, elected as the best beer in the world. Yeah, did you look Very up what bold. that did you look up what that was? Is no, that some bullshit beer cup? I didn't get my thing? ten minutes of Wikipedia time. This was sprung <laughs> on me. Yeah. And apparently you've actually been listening to everything I've said as opposed to spending the last thirty right. minutes Googling it. <laughs> yeah. Well I actually I completely agree with that take. I like the like it's both this utility it's like a beer's beer. It's not something that it's not an art house film that you have to like sit through and kind of try to sift through and not everyone is for is is for you and and some of them work and they hit the home run this is like more of a it's it's a it's a beer when you taste it you're not going to be surprised by anything if you taste some certain like northeast ipas you're like what the is this even is this like orange juice or is this a beer that kind of thing this doesn't have that you know right away it's a beer but to me the sticking point that the reason i love it is that it tastes this smooth it tastes this good mm-hmm. and it's 8.5 percent abv we talked about it's that hard earlier. to believe really yeah that shows you the craftsmanship it's not yeah. just some watered down garbage that's like meant to taste good and i love mass market beer of course I love that's the whole premise of this podcast and i really believe that actually kind of want to get your take on that zach but the, the in general the, uh, i completely agree this yeah is phenomenal. and another tasting note i don't know if so Zach and I had some tomorrow. Is that what we had? Yes, we had we some. Pre- of that, we pregame this podcast. Let's be clear. A little bit Bastards. up in the classroom, and I can't tell if that flavor is lingering in my mouth or is there like a subtle like spiciness to this a little bit. Like, no, I think there is. I think there's okay. there's a there is like a it's not it's like a little clovey. Like there's kind of yeah. a mm. uh, like a warm baking spice. Yes. Okay. Uh, not to so drop not too much. Wine. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. I mean, again, like I said, th- one of the things I like about this beer is that. Um, and maybe to sort of what you were saying, Joey, like there is for someone who's like, whatever, it's just a beer. You can drink this and enjoy it and not think too much about it. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be, it's not going to, uh, it's not going to take someone who is a, who is a beer drinker of almost any stripe and put them totally off their, yeah. their game. But if you are someone who wants to sort of think about what's going on there, totally. there is a lot of nuance and a lot of a lot of different flavors, and so it, it's kind of a beer that rewards both close inspection and also casual drinking. Except if you drink it too casually, then you end up shit faced, and then yeah. you have delirium tremens <laughs> and you die. Not, well, I was I was just about to say not necessarily a problem until the last few words of that yeah. sentence, but like I like the utility of that because 
as we're, as we're just touching on, there are some times I want to be challenged. Mm-hmm. There are some times I want to sit down at a at a, a bar, not necessarily be challenged, but have something of extreme quality, which this has, delirium, delirium tremens. And then there are some times, and there is a niche for this, and this is our whole problem, our whole beef with Beer Advocate, which is... Like, it's the whole idea of going into something with an expectation. There yep. is a world where Bud Light needs to exist, and it's a world where you're, like, tailgating, and you want to drink 10 yeah. beers, and you, you you aren't interested in that moment of, like, appreciating a given beer. It's like saying, like, I can't go to cookouts. I do not do cookouts because uh, the the burgers that you throw on the grill are not the best steak. Yeah, and there's no steak, steak tartare. Yeah, there's no life. steak tartare at your backyard. Right. There's a world for that. And it's a wonderful world. And then there are sometimes a world to throw a couple of uh, brats and burgers on a grill. And that's my take with uh, mass market beers. Is there's sometimes a world where you you're not you want to have beer, but you don't want to have it to appreciate it. They're worse, but they should exist out of necessity. Sure. Well, I think also you know <clears throat> you guys have tactfully declined to mention the price sticker that is on each of these cans, <laughs> which also plays a role in this. I mean, yeah, this beer is a big deal. Th- this beer, these beers were five fifty nine a can, which are yeah. granted they are fifty centiliters, so a half liter, whatever. That's, essentially, it's a our pint. listeners can do the conversion. Um, it's just over a pint, yeah. um, and um, that's expensive. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not a cheap beer. It is right, and and it's you know it's going to be you know that may be a little bit more expensive than what it would cost you in central wisconsin sure um but it's definitely not inexpensive and and again i don't my my point is not and i think you know in agreement with you joy this isn't an, a beer that i would drink every day for a yeah. whole host of reasons right um and it's not the beer that i would drink tailgating although you know to be fair it would get you yeah it would pretty work drunk tailgating. pretty quick yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. immediately but yeah. but uh but at the same time like it's it it's a beer that I mean, you're right that circumstance and context play a role in evaluating any drinking experience. It's true with wine, it's true with spirits, whatever. Totally. Um, I think with the exception of basically anything that is clearly so artificial as to be, I think, like not worth drinking in the first place. Right. But like, you know, for all the criticism of something like, I don't know, Bud Light, Bud Light is, as far as I know, as best I know, still made with essentially the ingredients that make beer, you yeah. know, it is still beer. Yeah, you know, grain, hops, barley, your know, malt, and yeast, and like water, and, and so then a ton of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's uh, it's not the you know, if someone said what's the best beer on the planet, yeah. I would never say that. Right. But what's the right beer for a given moment? It could easily be Bud Light or whatever <sighs> else. I think Delirium Tremens has you know more moments where I want this than where I want Bud Light. Of course. But you know, uh, there's a time and a place for, for most everything under the sun. And so um, wow. you'll get delirium tremens if you don't have Bud Light once right. in a while. As soon as you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I, I, my, my heart is warmed that this take. That's actually given. just the beer. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It I was, does I was, warm you all. I was looking at notes. It says that uh, color and sight, pale blonde, the fine and regular effervescence ensures a fine and stable head. Scent is slightly malty and a nice touch of alcohol and spice. Flavor says feels like the sound shot of alcohol is igniting the mouth. In mm. reality, the tongue and the palate are warmed. The taste is characterized by its roundness. I don't know what that means. The aftertaste is strong, long-lasting, and dry, bitter. Is this from Beer Advocate? This is our good friends the at BA. BeerAdvocate.com. So do you want to reveal boy. what the, do you want to reveal what the score is? This and all is that? traditionally <laughs> oh, your world. Sorry, are we upending <clears throat> this? Can I do it? <clears throat> Yeah, Joey, you can do it. Wow. I, I, oh, now I'm, I feel like I'm getting the delirium tremens. I don't know how to do this. 
The score is 93 Outstanding, which is probably about as good as it's ever been. Rodenbach Grand Crew got 95 that World, was world class. class. Yeah. Everything else, I've seen some exceptionals, and Pseudo Sue got 4.25 out of 4.52 out of 5, which is also world class. So there's probably only two beers. Yeah, on our list that have actually topped that. That have actually topped this beer. Though there is a beer on this list that bears a place on another list that we discovered. Uh-oh. Wow. Now the lawyers so, are ready. Sierra Nevada. I see them warming their hands. Uh-oh. Sierra Nevada, hazy IPA, hazy little thing. Yep. Was on number one in Vine Pair's 50 Best Beers of the Year or something. What was 50 it? 50 Best Beers of 2018, 20, last time they 2018. did the article. And um, we have that at what on our list? <laughs> well, if I were at coldcatspodcast.com. <laughs> we have it at number nine. We have we it at number nine. Number nine. We have Prima Pills, Rodenbach Grand Crew, Cold Cans Kolsch, our own brewed beer, <laughs> Spotted Cow, Lagunitas Nighttime Ale, Pyramid Snowcap Winter Ale, which was not bought um, by for that ranking. Pseudo Sue and Deschutes were all above it. Um, and I just want to call out one thing that our that our lawyers. I mean, they're they're positively salivating at the mouth at this point. <laughs> Vinebear.com's best beers Where of twenty eighteen. They salivate from Joe. <laughs> I guess. I, well, come on. This isn't. They're that lawyers, kind of, man. I wouldn't be too sure. <laughs> it's, it's not that kind of show. Uh, the best beers of twenty eighteen top fifty ranking looks very suspiciously similar. Uh-oh. To the definitive ranking of the best 100 beers of all time, which is at coldcanspodcast.com slash ranking. So we will be pursuing um, full legal action legal against action. Buying Pair. Although I do sorry, think, I don't think that uh, Cold Cans Kolsch made that list. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> it which is a shocker to the beer, okay. uh, beer nation. My favorite part about, I will say I did listen to that podcast. I think my favorite part about that entire podcast was the general astonishment that you both had that neither of you went blind. <laughs> no, it's true. I when mean, we were brewing... really fucking easy to make, but you guys still were really <laughs> pleased with yourself. You don't know how little we think of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, we were, like, it was shocking how honestly tasty that beer was. That was that was like a really empowering nice. feeling to have. Yeah. Man, we need to, like, get out and we need to do some self-care. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you need, you need to find a little more validation in your lives. Yes, we do. Outside of this podcast. I mean, not yeah. from me, but <laughs> no, yeah. from someone else. Oh, damn it. I thought another compliment was coming. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, no, I no. wouldn't have been able wait, to take wait, it. Wait, I wait, 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 wait. But I, now, see, okay, so I know Nick has some some other vine pair related griping yes, we do. to do. But I want to do a little bit of cold cans griping. Here we go. Here we and go. This is, this is He's really, got his phone out. He's got notes out, folks. This is really not on my behalf. <laughs> I think this is on behalf of, again, my wife. <laughs> my wife. My from central Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So she feels Sounds both like a good as if you have slighted Lightning Kugel's original. Mm. Wow. She and my or brother putting CP it, would get along because right, he it, feels the same. Putting it below Rainier. Mm. Yes. One below. Below right. below session. Yes. Those were a couple that session she, hit number one on our list at one point. <laughs> below Foster's, which she Oh, almost really? almost hit me over. We have it below Foster's. Yeah, you have Foster's at twenty one. I don't know what happened there. I don't that know either. Needs to be re-ranked. Yeah, <laughs> we, might uh, have, we might have been drunk on that. But one. at the same time, well, you know, I mean, I think that's the point all the time. And then, but also, she complains that you have Lightning Kugel Summer Shandy, which mm. in her mind mm. should not exist. Okay. At 35? 35. Yeah. I think she said she would rather drink a Sparks. I will put this to <laughs> wow. her in the future. Yeah, I want that, yeah, taste we'll, test, we'll like head-to-head taste test. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, I think that's, she made some good points there. I think Summer Shandy, I've it's fallen off for me lately, too. Like, it had a place in the summertime drinking in Wisconsin. I think that was the closest thing to, that like, a it. refreshing summer beer that I had at that point. It's but, such a time and a place. 
That yes. I think that it, like it elicited again. All of this is just about like if you're in this sure. specific place, does this do the trick? And line of Google Summer Shandy, if you're on like a pontoon boat with mosquitoes buzzing around your head. Even like, now, though, if you had to choose between a summer shandy in that situation or like a Bud Light Lime, even, what would you pick? Oh, damn it. It's probably a Bud Okay. Foster's and summer shandy are a little too high on the list. <laughs> all right. Those are all good points. Yeah. Thank you. She's right on all accounts. God damn it. I mean, that's what I tell her. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she actually, she, she, this is now corroborated across the board. She's right. Yeah. Foster's, okay. I'm shocked, was 21. Yeah. As I was how going did that through. happen? I don't know. I, your Australian buddies also said that was too high. I remember. I can't be bought. They didn't pay me anything <laughs> for any of this. That's actually really depressing. Yeah. I was hoping that you got at least like, you know, to hang out with Crocodile Dundee or something <laughs> out of the deal. Oh man, that's the that's the end goal, but it never happened. Okay, now, that's why you started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't now the most some, efficient route now to get some to Crocodile. Comments from Zach's work wife, Adam Teeter. Okay. Uh, he, Can he, you re-explain Adam Teeter? So to Adam the Teeter is the co-founder of Vine Pair, yep. the yes. online publication that deals with the spirits and beer yeah, and beverage wine alcohol, industry, beverage alcohol industry. It's a great site. They just started putting out a print publication as well. Anyone who's listening to this show. And we can't be bought. I'm saying this in my own volition and free will. My lawyers are nodding. Uh, would be interested in going to vinepair.com. Yes. You could also listen to the podcast. And you could listen to the podcast. <laughs> Check out the podcast. It comes out every Tues- Tuesday? Monday? Monday. Monday. Every Monday, Vinepair. Anywhere you get your podcasts. If you can navigate the computer to find the podcasts, you can find it. And you should. Go find ahead. the podcast. So Adam Teeter often drops some bombs on Seattle. He's a big New York East Coast elite guy. I don't mean to say that. I mean, I just want to be clear. I want to be clear. Adam is from Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Enough said. Drop the mic. Um, So I've pulled a couple times that Adam has shit on Seattle from your podcast, and I I want to play a clip now and then get uh, get Zach's take overall on the man known as Adam Teeter. Wow. Here we go. What's the best pizza in Seattle? I mean, New York has great pizza. So that's that's Adam Teeter commenting on pizza. I feel like this is my new ringtone. <laughs> what's the best pizza? I mean, New York has great pizza. So that's that's a perfect summation of what he thinks of Seattle. It's, well, yeah. an it's also it's also a perfect summation of the way Adam and I sometimes converse, where he asks me a question and then answers <laughs> an unrelated question. Yeah. Well, that in and of itself gives you his answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> what's the best pizza in Seattle? I don't actually care. Yeah, New York, New York. has pizza. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So this is that's one of the like least instances of him shitting on. Seattle. I know that was actually pretty like. tame. I feel like you got to have better that, than that. I pulled that in April of this year, so it was a long time ago, and yeah. this, it finally uh, had a chance to play it, but it wasn't so worth it. it. Anyway, what would you think would get Adam Teeter to change his mind about Seattle? Well, he could come here for one. So he's never been to Seattle. Uh, I think. I think uh, Adam, you can uh, you can write into. What are the chances he listens to this? Avid listener, I'm I'm sure he is. I'm going to (laughs) say the the odds that he listens to this podcast are less than the odds that he, I don't even know where to calculate this. Yeah, what are Um, the chances he gets to the 45-minute mark of this episode, too? I don't think anyone gets to the (laughs) 45-minute mark. I'm going to tell my wife that she's mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So I will say, I I think this. I think it's a fun bit. I don't mind it. It's his, our shtick, whatever. It's cool. Yes. Um. And I, look, I went. To, I love New York. New York is one of my absolute favorite cities. It's one of the very few places I would consider living, besides Seattle. So I'm not going to even play the like which is better game. Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, I think there are 
things when you live in New York that you become blind to about the downsides of living in New York, like the absolute lack of any privacy, the mm-hmm. fact that you pay an insane amount of money for no space, the like pretty much derelict subway system at this point. Like it's not necessarily as much fun as it seems, sure. but part of New York and it's like true for a lot of other cities of its ilk is you are so invested when you live there in the mystique that you have to buy into it. You have to say that $4,200 a month I'm paying for a one bedroom, the hour I spend to and from where I work on a subway that takes, you know, that comes 15 minutes late and is full of people who smell bad, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. It had, you know, the $22 I pay for a margarita when I go out to drink, you have to convince yourself that it's worth it because when you step back and look at it, as I did, you go like, wait, why the fuck am I doing this? Like New York is great, but I don't think it's demonstrably so much better than a lot of other cities as to be worth putting up with that. New York is an amazing city if you are really rich, I think. I've never been that, but I've heard. And it's a great city if you're young and okay with being poor. Yeah. Because, like, when you're, tw- I mean, when you're in college, like I was, like, you're fine eating garbage food that is, there's like a lot of weirdly cheap food in New York. There's like dollar pizza, you know, God knows what's in it or yeah. what it was made with, but it's there and it's, calories yeah um and there's a lot of actually like cheap drinks again if you don't care that you're drinking like bottom shelf vodka mixed with like three-year-old ocean spray or whatever (laughs) but it's not a great city if you are not one of those two things in my opinion and that's why i don't live there one of the reasons i I think i think every city is like trying to put forth like a message to everyone else and the people who live in it in like New York one of puts forth many things like like Seattle I think puts forth the message of like countercultural counterculture to the most for the most part um whereas somewhere like Boston puts forth a message of like academics cuz it's a college town that kind of thing New York is the message is if you want to live in the beating heart of certainly America and for to a large extent the world uh, and you're buying into that, that's what you value, and that's a valuable thing, uh, come here. But, like, I agree with you to the most part. Like, I, it, it doesn't resonate with me as much. I'm going to New York in two weeks. I'll report back. If I don't see Adam Teeter during that time. Well, I want to be clear about this because this is an important point to me. Okay. <laughs> so for all the, like, whatever back and forth between Adam and I about New York v. Seattle. Yeah. He owes you a drink. <laughs> he owes you probably several drinks. And after a White stand- Claw t-shirt. Yeah. After standing you up in Portland, rudely. He I did, yeah. Um, Follow that saga on Vine Pair Podcast, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think you, are, you are owed a $22 margarita. Okay. Wow. Okay. Or what's the, what's the like winter version of a margarita that we could go for? And maybe it's a little more expensive that Adam could get me. <laughs> well, maybe you could get some, as, as uh, related in a recent podcast, maybe some like... You know, relatively rare agave, mm. uh, you know, mezcal made from Tobola or something. And okay. Can, um, okay. Or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I'll be just, sure to pitch that just, when I'm, when I'm Exactly. There. Yeah. Just, or, or, you know, one of the like top 50 beers, whichever the most expensive one is. <laughs> well, cold cans Kolsch. Yeah. Cold cans Kolsch. It would be very expensive because we'd have to Priceless. rebrew it. <laughs> All are right, we, are we to the rankings taking portion this of the home? show? I don't want to spend 30 seconds on a mailbag portion. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Super fan of the show at Brooks Maddox said, sounds oh, like yeah. one half of Cold Can's podcast, podcast is 
Jesus, this 8.5% is getting to me. One half of Cold Cans Podcast is making their way to Portland this weekend for a beautiful podcasting plus beer event. What about Glockstock? What is he afraid of? Come down from the perch in Seattle, coward. Yes. Uh, I resent that, but you did go to Portland. I saw Brooks Maddock there at the Rogue event with Camp Monsters podcast presented by REI, oh, now available Christ. on Apple Podcasts and wherever <laughs> we can't you get your be podcasts. Bought. We can't be bought. Um, but I worked really hard on that thing, <laughs> so please listen. You can't be Bob, but you can be hired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please hire me. Uh, no, yeah, Brooks came down. He brought yeah. his brothers, uh, Graham and Josh, I think their names were, and their other buddy who worked at uh, Grefson. Is that a brewery in Portland? I have no idea. Are you sure Brooks didn't just hire these people? <laughs> I believe, guys loaded. I, believe one I, of them, I believe one of them was one of the camp monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a lot of hair. Uh, no, yeah, he came by, checked out the thing. He was there for the storytelling portion of it. That's and cool. they got a beer at Rogue, and then uh, and then he proved himself as a true friend who wow. came to the event. What a good guy. Fuck you for saying uh, <laughs> that I'm in my perch, but I do love you, Brooks. Uh, thanks for writing so, it. I feel like this means that you guys need to have like a cold cans meetup. We've talked about a cold can a summit, summit for some yeah, time. We're going to make a fire festival esque uh, <laughs> summit where we promise a lot and uh, under deliver. We also are going to do cold cans live shows, both in central Wisconsin oh, and Seattle. Right. This is still going to happen. Uh, Henry's Tavern. Right. Is that offer? <laughs> Whoever's listening from Henry's, is that Hopefully offer? It's an evergreen offer because we blew it the first later. time. All right. Uh, let's get to the rankings. This is so there's the, the Zach Patry uh, mandated. Law, by law, written and contractually obligated, uh, that the guest shall not have any impact on the rankings, no. neither in monetary reward, <laughs> uh, nor in their say. But nonetheless, wait, wait, wait. I want to be clear on something. I did not get married to Nick and change my name to Zach Patriot during the recording of this episode. I don't know who that is, but it's not me. That's my brother. That's oh, Zach's God. brother, uh, super fan of the show that got very Good upset. Name. He got very upset that um, a few people. Oh yeah, I didn't even put that together in my head. That a few people. Uh, have been on the show, they've been guests, and then we've ranked the beer higher, then we've later regretted it, right. and we had to do a power hour re-rank. Recency but I do want to get your thoughts. and proximity bias. Yeah, you shouldn't have had the guy from Foster's on. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we have 95 current beers in the rankings. Uh, I want to get your final thoughts. Go ahead, Zach. My final thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, I guess I would say that since I chose to bring this beer, yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't say, well, I don't know if it's my favorite beer. That's a hard question to answer. But it's definitely in whatever my personal rankings are, it's it's right up there. Wow. I mean, it's uh it's a beer that I there's a there's a way in which whenever I have it, um it just it reminds me of things I love about drinking. Wow. So whatever. Take take that for what it's worth. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Like a time and a place. It reminds him of totally the things he loves about drinking. And That's it about as good, good as it can be. Yeah. And, and it, it tastes, tastes good. good. Nick? What do you I think? mean, this isn't cream of the crop. It certainly is. So cream of the I crop. Should I read that uh, taint to tip? <laughs> Please read it again. Okay. Cream of the crop is our top 15 beers, which I'll read from 15 to 1. Elysian Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. Optimism Breweries Before the Dawn. And that was not purchased, even though they were on the podcast. Rodeburger, Bat Squatch. Not purchased. La Fin du Monde, Traveling Like Kolsch, Sierra Nevada, Hazy Little Thing IPA, Prima Pills, Rodenbach Grand Cru, Cold Cans Kolsch, not purchased, Spotted Cow. Also not a Kolsch. <laughs> the alliteration was too much to pass up. Spotted Cow, Lagunitas Nighttime Ale, number, and then 321 is number three, Pyramid Snowcap Winter Ale, which was provided free uh, of charge to us, but was not purchased. Number two, Pseudo Sue from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company, and number one, Deschutes from Deschutes Brewery. 
Sudasu was also a gift, by the way. We didn't God buy that it. either. Most of this top ten is beers that were given. Don't to say us. it. We're gonna cut that out. All right. So cream of the crop. I've I got agree a spot with you. For it. You have a spot for it. You want Do you want to one? Three to one, and then we make our cases. Okay. Ready? Wow. Am I gonna have to scream into the mic? Please don't. I scream into the mic one every time we get a new number one. All Please right. Three, three, two, two one, three. Two. So you have I have it above Sudosu because I didn't really like the style of Sudosu. I like this style much better, the Belgian style. So Sudosu is the only contentious part. I really, really think Sudosu is an incredible beer. Okay. It's an American pale ale, so it's different than a Belgian ale. I don't, under what qualities? Who could say, really? My I'm, case is this has a third more alcohol than uh, Sudosu. Ooh, what, that's a good point. You? So Sudosu is 6.2%, and honestly, very similar in that both beers were extremely smooth tasting, mm-hmm. or difficult to get your hands on, and... Uh, and the alcohol content is a lot higher than you'd think it was if you were just drinking it without any knowledge of it. Right. Um, Toppling Goliath, I really like, but I could be swayed. I, I really, really, this is one of my favorite beers. I mean, we haven't had any th- very many world-class beers right. as we've documented earlier. Right. And this is so smooth. Yeah. And the high alcohol percentage. I like the, like, sort of twisted uh, delirium tremens aspect of it. Can but I it's like a withdrawals thing. I know you don't want to be influenced by the guest, <laughs> but can I weigh in here? Please. Zach Patry's going to come and find you. <laughs> That's fantastic. Battle we can have a Zach on Zach battle. <laughs> um, as much as I would love to advocate for my beer, I'm going to I'm gonna side with Joey here. Okay. And here's why. Wow. T-Rex greater than elephant. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Hey, which one survived longer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think T-Rex actually. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> they been, they were on a lot longer than elephants have been. Hey, around. what have you done for me Plus, lately? We're, we're, we're what have you done for as, me lately? As humans, we are working on the elephant problem yeah. <laughs> very aggressively. We'll take care of that. The both graphic designs are right there though. Yeah. I'll actually bounce that back to you and say I think I actually prefer this can to Pseudo Sue's can. They're right there. I feel so Do you feel strongly or do you feel like it's a toss-up? Because you, it's you just sound a strongly. style thing, sort yeah. of. Like I like this style better than I like American Pale Ale. And then I'm in. I'm in with you. It's Pseudo a two A two B thing just for a, me. Yeah, hazy. You know, like sediment rich beer. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Disparaging to Toppling Goliath. No, they hazy they mean sediment. They rich. mean to make it that way. I think it's unfiltered. I believe. I think you've lost. And your I mind. just don't like it as much style wise. To me, does he have delirium tremens? <laughs> I've been drinking for quite some time, so <laughs> to be this I'd be is shocked. A, it's a two A two B situation, so I'm in with you. This is our new number two. Okay, let's wow. do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Zach, thank you so much. My pleasure, and for I feel like on the show. I feel like as long as as long as we beat Findemon, I'm happy. You yeah. Well, you kicked the shit oh, out of wow. Findemon. Yeah. He hates Findemon. He wants to drop it completely from the rankings. <laughs> what if I said that? that. I believe he so said much. Foster's was better. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you for, for being, being on, on the show, show. Zach Jabal. Check out Vine Pair Podcast, new every Monday. Uh, check out his writings on the internet. And if you're in Seattle, go to Dahlia Lounge. Thanks for being on the show, Zach. My pleasure. <laughs>